This week on Dig Me Out, Tim and Jay review Floored by Pusherman. He's like spitting half the vocals out, it sounds like. Super heavy, but a little bit more drug Led Zeppelin or something. No, 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 I'm, just, I'm like, just trying to imagine you dancing. Yeah, I know. It's it's a horrific, <laughs> horrific sight. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minichi. And joining me, as always, my co-host, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, we are on episode 104, our second episode of season three. And uh, when we're not doing our requested review shows, we're going to alternate. You're going to pick a record, and I'm going to pick a record this year. When we're, and then we're probably going to have some interviews coming up as well soon. But we're going to try to squeeze in some of our own picks. And uh, like I did uh, the previous years, the first one, uh, I am making the pick. I made the pick in year one of Wool, year two of Fossil, and this one, I am picking uh, one of my favorite records back in the day, a band called Pusherman, and their album called Floored, and I hadn't listened to this record for a long time. It was one of, like I said, one of my favorites from back in the day, and um, I'm interested to hear how it holds up, and I'm interested to hear if you had ever heard of Pusherman before I pushed this on you. Uh, I heard the name, I guess, from you, but I wasn't aware that you were a fan of this record. Yeah, that's why I picked it, Jay. What you never actually, never I actually do have me. a, I have a history. Yeah, I, I have, I have a history with this band. So when we were at college together and we were working at the radio station in Bowling Green uh, at WFAL, I was the assistant music director for the fall of 1996, and I got to go to the CMJ. Uh, College Music Journal Marathon, which is a, a multi-day, back then it was three days of uh, concerts in the New York City area, and I got to see a lot of great shows. I actually wrote about it, If you, I'm going to pimp my own website here. If you go to my website, which is timminichi.com, there's a post from November 28th of last year, and I reviewed my visit to... I do a month. I do a, every Monday. I do a retro concert review from a, a show that I went to back in the day, and uh, this was that particular uh, trip. I went to see a lot of bands. I saw Wilco and Johnny Cash play together. I saw Sebado, saw Helmet play, Wesley Willis at CBGB's, and then I got to see Pusher Man play with a band called Emmett Swimming at this uh, venue called the Wetlands. And I had never heard of Pusher Man. I had never heard of majority of, of a lot of the smaller bands. Obviously, we sought out like going to see Wilco and Sebado and some of those shows. But I'd never seen or heard of Emmett Swimming or Pusher Man. We just ended up at the Wetlands to hang out and get free drinks and talk with bands and, and uh, industry record label type people. And uh, Emmett Swimming, I don't really remember anything about them. But Pusher Man was crazy is what i remember there were like 10 guys on stage they were really loud and it was a really hot room and the whole it was probably the closest i have ever come to dancing that didn't involve a slow song okay let's just put it that way what does that mean i was actually moving with the it means i was moving with the music and it wasn't just a head nod oh. that's all i'm gonna say there was alcohol involved Okay. Let's just put it that way. We're just going to leave it there. Oh, that's quite an image you so, put in my head. 
So just imagine a really small venue, lots of people all packed in, hot and sweaty. Everybody's dancing to this really. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm like, just trying to imagine you dancing. Yeah, I know. It's it's a horrific, <laughs> horrific sight. It's it's uh if you if you watch uh, The Walking Dead and you see a zombie moving, that's probably closest. If you put that as a GIF file where it just kind of goes on a five second loop. <laughs> Of a, of a zombie walking, that would be what what I look like on uh, dancing. So I, I saw this band and I was like, who the hell is this? And I ended up getting either at that show or soon after uh, getting a, a copy of their album and listening to it. And really, you know, it, it's a lot. It's one thing where you get a CD and you listen to it and you go, oh, this is okay. But when you see a band and they impact you live and then you hear the record, you, you kind of mentally connect the two. So when I listened to that record back then, I was here. I was remembering that really interesting time of, of being at that show. Now I have that was 1996. So I have uh, oh Jesus, I have 16 years between then and now. So I can kind <laughs> wow. of separate myself yeah. from myself. And uh, so that's my that's my history with this band. So maybe we should get into the history of the band. History of the band. Pusher Man, floor, uh, Pusher Man uh, formed in London, England in 1994 uh, by Andy Frank on vocals. He was previously in a band called Ska. Meredith Yank Reed on vocals and harmonica. Bo Ellery on bass. Martin Hoyland on guitar, Tony Antuni or Antoine on guitar, and Harry Harrison on drums. They were signed to Ignition Records, which which was the record label that Oasis manager Martin Russell had started. The band worked with Owen Morris, who had produced The Verve's A Northern Soul and Ashes 1997 album and mixed uh, Oasis is definitely maybe definitely maybe he produced their debut album floored which was released in September of 96 the next year the band broke up allegedly due to drug problems lead singer Andy Frank moved to LA and formed a band called jacked j-a-c-t with a producer named Ted Hutt Ted Hutt has produced albums by the gaslight anthem flogging Molly the bouncing souls mighty mighty boss tones Unfortunately, Andy Frank passed away in 2008, and Meredith Yank Reed passed away in 2000. So there's no chance that this band will be reuniting for anything. And I, as a side note, I actually did get the Jacked record when that came out, which was a, much different from Pusher Man. So that's the history of Pusher Man. Mm. Now, Facebook feedback. I'm, I'm a little bit hurt because I made this suggestion. And not only did we not get any comments, nobody even liked that I put this record up. Usually you get like four or five <laughs> not likes. one like? Like, hey, oh, cool. I, I like that you're going to do this record. Nope, we didn't get one like. Wow. That, that was a personal um, slight upon me, I feel. So. While well, considering how much so Jay, uh, feedback we got from the Life, Sex, and Death and Circus of Power, which were my last suggestions, you should feel puny first of all life sex and death was <laughs> recommended by steve helton not you you just you sort of 
bandwagoned onto that. So, but I said, oh yeah, okay. All right, technicality. Yeah. Listener suggestion. Technicality. So Jay, mm. Pusher Man, floored. Very simple. Were you floored by this album? Uh, I don't know if I was floored, but I did. I did like it quite a bit. It, it kind of caught me off guard. It. Uh, it has some some elements to it that are pretty unique and pretty cool, and then it has some other elements that were a little bit, I don't know, not very interesting or expected. So the album kicks in, and I love this. I love the sound band. You know, the huge guitars reverbed out, but not to the point where it gets um, kind of tin canny. Still sounds very full, um, good heavy bass, and there's these really cool guitar leads slide leads and harmonica parts that are interspersed without throughout the whole record and sometimes together that really make the band different underneath it all you know you sort of got a rhythm section that's very you may have to help me with the best way to describe it um, propulsive kind of a manchester explosive kind of thing driving loopy repetitive at times um mm-hmm. slow you know slow tempo shoot well slow but he's also doing that Kelly Scott failure nail in the hi hat to keep the, the to keep the tempo going. Yeah, you know, like you know, doing the sixteenth notes or when the song is really slow, so that it's not right. the song isn't dragging. Because there's a lot of slow but, tempos on this record. Yeah, yeah, but over top of it, you've got you know that that huge this huge guitar sound, um, some interesting parts. You know, they don't get too in one thing from a guitar standpoint which is good you've got this harmonic element which is and i think most of the time it's it's fed through a distortion which is kind of cool which it uh mm-hmm. takes on a, a, a unique sound you know I, I you can tell it's harmonica but it blends in so well with the guitars that it just it kind of takes on a whole new thing
And then the vocal, it, it, it's kind of mixed in there. At times it gets a little bit lost. And in the verses, it's it's a little bit anonymous in terms of you don't know what, exactly what he's saying and it's sort of distorted. And it's not always super melodic, but yet they somehow deliver on a lot of these choruses, which um, I guess I could only describe being oasis-ish. You know, some of these choruses are in that realm, which the verses, you wouldn't necessarily expect it to uh, kind of come to that point. But a lot of these choruses are actually very hooky. They'll do, uh, you know, sort of a dual vocal. I guess that's where the second singer comes in to really help elevate the chorus. Uh, I think there's a couple where the, there'll be a harmonica line underneath the, the chorus, which helps, uh, you know, counter melody. Um, so it's it's a pretty interesting band. I, I like the sound, and for the most part, I, I like a lot of the songwriting. You know, it is it is long. A lot of these songs are very, well, they're all long. I think the shortest song looking here is... <laughs> five minutes and 37 seconds so you know you are in for an epic ride here <laughs> in terms of length uh you know that wears on my patience you know in terms of uh any record so i think that that tests me a little bit but uh there's definitely a lot of cool elements here what what did you think going back and, and visiting it now you know it's funny I, we've often often uh sort of derided bands for taking too long to get to the chorus and and being a little too indulgent with their song length and then you get this band like you said they they don't have a single song under five and a half minutes and there are songs where it literally i think on chase it like it takes a good two or three minutes just to get to the verse riff like there's so many like intro parts and dynamics and they intro guitar leads and then pull them out and bring in harmonicas and you're thinking like this shouldn't be working, but yet it's so like they totally commit to it where they're like, we are, we're, it's like a jam band without the jam. Like we're going to, we're going to ride these, like you said, this like uh, Manchester sort of rhythms that I described as, as propulsive or driving and do all these, you know, a lot of cool guitar stuff. The harmonicas don't sound harmonica-ish in like the blues traveler kind of way. They're, they're <laughs> ag- ag- you know, oh, they're like aggressive. It. It's in it's it's like an aggressive harmonica that's it's adding a layer, like you said, with a distortion on it. And I think what's interesting is that they they sort of built the band from what I read playing these like all night parties in London where they would just sort of play for, you know, they would get up on stage or I don't even know if it was on a stage, it was just at these parties and they just go all night. And I'm sure that they, these five and seven minute long songs were probably going on for 10, 15 minutes, just kind of jamming out. And I know there was a lot of drug, you know, issues with this band. They broke up because supposedly because of uh, heroin and Pusher Man is, is the name of a, you know, a Curtis Mayfield song about a drug dealer. So, I mean, this is clearly a band that was driven and and was you know involved in the drug scene uh, in London in the in the mid '90s. So, what I found is that to me, they kind of encapsulated the perfect the, what exactly I liked about two of the best bands from the '90s and from the UK, which is The Verve and Oasis. They both those bands had their downsides. But to me, the best part about The Verve was the first two albums 
and the way they were able to take a, a unique approach to jamming but not turning it into noodling mm-hmm. um, using more of like the my bloody valentine but much more refined and then they're able to take like the oasis attitude and layer it on top of that so i just i love andy frank's vocals he's got so much he's like spitting half the vocals out it sounds like he's so like mad and i I think he drops the f-bomb in almost every song which is hilarious see there's in in track three the aim indeed uh you get to the the breakdown after the second or third chorus and he keeps repeating don't look at me like you've got a fucking halo and he just he just keeps repeating that over and over again it's like somebody pissed this guy off really bad cuz he's he every single song he's just uh he's just pissed song that I think sums this record up the best is mm. track six, Hole. It's got this huge, big beat, drum beat. It's, it's almost, it has the second vocal, I believe, which is uh, Yank, is doing this like Middle Eastern two note uh, or two or three note like chant, or I don't even know what, it's, what you'd call it. But he's doing that throughout the, uh, the intro of the song. It just... I, I think that was a song that sold me seeing them live where I was like, really? wow, this band. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I still, God. that to me, that was a, that was a, um, melody maker, uh, or in new music express. That was a single of the week. That song that totally works for me. I love that song. That's so funny. I loved it back that then. And I love it now on the record. And, and as, wow. as we came back around here, I mean, to dive in it deeper, I was going to say the parts of this band that I don't like are the the loopy feeling, like repetitive, trippy kind of stuff. When the bass line, you know, they'll do like a three-note bass line and just repeat it over and over again. And they'll be like these long, drawn-out parts of like, you know, just that and sort of noodling over or just sounds over top and then they'll sort of come back in. I'm more into the stuff like it starts off so strong, like those first two songs, even though, you know, track mm-hmm. one chase it is long and it takes a while to get into it when it starts it's just like that drum fill 
you hear the guitar feedback just briefly. It's like, and then they hit that big chord. You're like, whoa, like this is not, this isn't something I've necessarily heard before, especially with that, the combination of the harmonica guitar sort of doubling and slide and stuff. And then they get the choruses and the songs and they sound like Oasis songs, which is pretty cool. But then they sort of meander into these areas for me, like Hole is probably the best example of where I just feel like, I don't know, they kind of sound like trippy, sort of like loopy songs where I feel like I've heard it before and it doesn't really sound unique. I'm more into like, I don't know, the stuff that's, um, it's almost like a super heavy, but a little bit more drug Led Zeppelin or something, <laughs> you know, it's like this uh, slamming slow beat in these epically big bluesy guitar parts you know hooky choruses and i do agree the verses you know sort of it's all about attitude in terms of how he's you know delivering the vocal and so that it's just funny i think it's another example of it we didn't i can't remember what episode it was but recently we did an episode where we both liked the record but we liked it for completely opposite songs Ever come back track seven uh-huh it has a very different guitar sound um the main guitar in it is yes. sort of this really dry electric with like no effects on it whatsoever and it's this sort of uh it's the bed that the whole rest of the song is built on top of and that's just a not a typical i think sound um that i would have expected from this record or being like this would build something around um but it works really well and it allows them to kind of you know build things on top and then strip it down and kind of play around with that in a, in a way that's not just you know find a dancey drum beat and play a three or four no bass part over it for not, you know seven or nine minutes
I like track eight. The other one uh, that I really like a lot is because the baseline on that song is actually really melodic. Like it's it's a slow song, but like the bass is really playing mm-hmm. a lot of melody in there instead of just kind of like like a lot of the other you know songs just have a baseline that's like that. That this that that song the bass actually kind of goes places and creates melody for for the rest of the song to kind of wrap around. So. It was like when they pushed the boundaries of that, I guess, predictable, trippy kind of vibe. When they pushed the boundaries of that, I really, really liked it a lot. I guess I responded back then and and, and now uh, really to the just the whole package of them sounding. You know, there's not. I can't think of a record. I mentioned that they have elements of other bands, but I can't think of another record that has this sound with the combination of like you said it's i mean it's real heavy in parts but not metal or or hard rock it's just it's it's like a bluesy metal like a 70s yeah. like bluesy metal but then it's got this trippy element even like if you go to um allmusic.com uh, their genre is described as electronic and their style is described as trip hop which is well, completely that's what, bizarre i was going to say a uh, whole reminded me of trip hop and i hate to use that term because i'm not even sure if i'm using it correctly but that's what came to mind so that's kind of funny i i don't think of them as be i don't think that song is tr- i think of like tricky and portis head and that stuff to me is trip hop and that even that just that beat is way too heavy and and big for like a for a, a trip hop song that's why i didn't say it so i, I just don't yeah i i just i don't agree with all music you're on my list right now doing dumb shit because I don't, I don't agree with that at all uh, I got my list I'm you're on it I'm sure you do I, I, yeah uh, <laughs> um, but the, it's funny because the songs that I didn't respond to I, I probably were the same ones I didn't respond to which are the slower ones I didn't really care for 4 8 or 10 on a 4 long so long now or so long low the didn't so that remind you a ton of uh I think it's fizzy love by Catherine wheel and there might be another song where it's uh this really slow song with this intermingling of this harmonica part and just the vibe of that song reminded me a ton of that that, that aspect of Catherine wheel i think it's fizzy love that that has the, the harmonica yeah fizzy part. love has that yeah on happy days it's funny you mentioned that i never even made that connection until you said that but yeah i, I can hear what you're saying it, it made that song interesting to me, at least. You know, those those harmonic parts. This song is uh, this album. Now, is, I assume every song is about drugs, right? I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Chase it, like yeah. Never coming back. Floored. I mean, it's, there's just yeah. I mean, it's just uh, so long low. I mean, they're just they're, yeah. It's dripping with it's dripping with a lot of. Funny enough, it's dripping with like a lot of attitude too, in terms of like basically like shut up and just do what I want, or you know, uh, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Yeah, I mean, which is again is like sort of a, a yeah. drug addict attitude. And you know, normally I don't respond to that sort of over the top sort of. It's not machismo, but it's definitely like a, a guy pissing everybody off sort of attitude. Mm. But I, for some reason, it works for me. It were, the combination of the, the way that the, the guitars work together and the, all the cool 
The riffs are really underrated. Not underrated, but I mean, I think that whatever happened that this band fell apart and was never heard from again, I think that, you know, this getting tossed into the dustbin of history is kind of a shame because there's so many cool guitar riffs and even in the same song, there's like three or four different cool riffs that are going on. And, oh, yeah. Uh, combine Tr- that with Tr- the harmonica stuff. It's just really cool. Yeah, it's like the best of, you know, it sort of represents a genre I, I'm, or genres I'm familiar with but don't totally fall in love with. But this band does a lot of, uh, it brings interesting things to some of those genres and pushes some of the boundaries and, I don't know. It does it more successfully for me than a lot of the other bands that are sort of in that, in some of these uh, sorts of sounds. The song First Time, you talked about riffs. It reminded me of, not specifically, but do you remember the band Reef? R-E-E-F? Yeah, they had that horrible single. Yeah. uh, Mm. With the guy just like yelling over top and... I think their like, stuff it was like if you listen to track five, I think their stuff was kind of like like the album stuff, not the single, but the rest of the album when their first record, I think was kind of like that, where it was a little bit, you know, more trippy underneath, but it would have a guitar riff on top and mixed elements of blues into, you know, Brit pop and shoegaze and stuff. In that band. I mean, I guess that single was different, but I'm just I'm listening to that the Pusher Man song the first time. I'm thinking, well, geez, if Reef could 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 have had a hit, why didn't this band have a hit with this? I mean, <laughs> it's not as loud. Was it "Place Your Hands"? Was that the single? And stuff, but still, was it was the same? Was the name of the song "Place Your Hands"? Yeah, that, I don't think yeah. the rest of the album, yeah. the rest of the song, sound like that song though. Oh, I remember. Correctly. I I thought that they were doing more of like a like a kind of a stones or faces kind of thing that that song is you know, but i don't classic rock sound songs are like that oh i don't know maybe i need to revisit them some you know another one i can add to the list of bands i need to actually listen to here's the question on this one jay were the album better ep decent single uh, i kind of feel like only if you even if you pick like three songs they're almost as long as that symposium album <laughs> which was eight songs, but where you at uh, with this one? I'm a full album. Uh, you know, I, you have to be in the mood for it. Um, I think it's uh, it's really timeless sounding. You know, I, I threw this on at work before I left today, and one of my coworkers heard it and kind of was like, well, what is that? You know, and started talking about it. And it's like, oh, wow, this is a 90s band? I had no idea. It sort of sounds strangely, like, modern. Yeah, I not necessarily, like, couldn't quite pin another band it sounded like but it didn't you know sound horribly dated or you know embarrassing in any way <laughs> you know sometimes you play stuff in the 90s it's like well if i can tell that's from the 90s um this sounds pretty timeless you know uh were you like and, a friend of mine uh he gave me this record and you were like hey your friend's pretty cool uh he's got good taste in music <laughs> you uh you want to go on a date uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, it's uh, you know, I think if you're in the mood for it, it's 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 pretty damn cool. There's there's definitely some. Um, it, it's like one of those records you can put on in the background, and there's some really really cool stuff that happens, and some really cool sounds and hooks and uh, guitar parts and stuff that'll grab your ear and you know kind of pull you into it. 
but at the same time there'll be long spans where you can kind of just ignore it so you know it's kind of a record you probably could put it on a party and you know it'd be people get into it but then it also there's parts of it you could probably you know kind of talk over or whatever if you wanted to work to a record it's probably a good record to put on to uh maybe you know do some work to do or something so yeah Jay, let's be honest you, neither of us are are going to be hosting any parties in which we're going to be playing <laughs> pusher man let's just be completely blunt there and honest it's it's just the truth it's just the truth but we do encourage our listeners if they are having a party throw on some pusher man and uh you will be do rewarded. it uh, yeah, i mean you especially said when you get to hole because people so. will people will dance if it makes me dance, it'll make you dance. If it makes a white kid from Buffalo dance, it'll make anybody dance. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think that wraps up our discussion of Pusher Man. It's our first, my first pick of the year. Jay, your first pick of the year will be coming up very soon. Got a whole bunch of them from you and a bunch from me and a bunch of listener suggestions this year. So uh, if you want to make a suggestion, head on over to our request a review page at digmeoutpodcast.com and if you like what you heard please consider stopping by our iTunes page and leaving us a positive feedback for Jay this is uh, what did I say this is episode 104 and uh, we'd both like to say thanks to everybody for listening and we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out Join the conversation about this episode at digmeoutpodcast.com, where you can find links to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, as well as links to our request a review and merchandise pages. Oh,